wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rose, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class redneck dude. Follow the show at Wrestling TWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way, and all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is, in all my magnificence, you're gonna be mine all night Here's Jonathan Hood. Yes, sir. It's Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday with me, Jonathan Hood. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. Don't forget the YouTube page as well, YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Subscribe, my friends, to YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hit that subscribe button. That way you're going to hear some of my long-form interviews and some of my interviews that you may have missed in the past right there on YouTube.com. Well, this is our second edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday this week. We'll hear from Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. You can follow Josh on Twitter at The Hoots Podcast as we review AEW versus NXT. Before we even get into that, um, I really enjoyed both shows. Once again, as we do our review, keep in mind, it is true, and people are saying this on social media, and I know that a lot of the wrestlers are saying this as well. Everybody's winning on Wednesdays. And I don't understand the divide of this or, this company is way better than this company back and forth. Hey, you could choose the one that you like, but the idea that you shit on one and pretend like the other one doesn't exist does not matter. This is great for NXT, which is already an established great brand. AEW still has some work to do, but it's a brand that people are watching and interested in. So I just think it's great for, for both sides, AEW and NXT. Shout out to NWA Power out of Atlanta. Been watching that show on YouTube. Really good action there. As an old school wrestling fan myself, the one hour format in the studio works for me. Hey, some of the wrestlers and the young wrestlers, like those big Dawsons, look at me. You know, look at me. Look at the camera. Um, the Idol Stevens is more sports entertainment than wrestling, but it just shows a little bit of a different dynamic in the NWA power. So good to see Stevens back in action. Uh, it, it's been really good, and it's all led by Nick Aldis. What's calls in Aldis? It's Nick Aldis, the NWA champion, and that whole dynamic with Camille is really good. And NXT UK, I'm going to talk to Josh about that as well. Oh, if you haven't been watching NXT UK, you really should because it's a great show. Let me call Josh Lopez as get underway with our second edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Let me call Josh right now. See what he's doing. Get his thoughts on what's going on in the world of pro wrestling. We are joined now by my friend Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Follow him on Twitter at The Hoots Podcast. That's The Hoots Podcast. And Josh joins us now. Hello, my friend. 
Hoodie, my main man, how's it going? Oh, you know how it's going. You know how it's going. Pro wrestling slash sports entertainment. It's off the chain. Um, that was a good Heyman impression. <laughs> well, well, there's more. Keep keep tuned in. It's going to be a lot more. Um, my friend, let let's talk a little bit about wrestling. Um, so. I want to get your thoughts about um, NXT and uh, and what we've seen here with AEW. I've not given my thoughts just as of yet. I've got two pages of notes uh, from both shows. I started off, as you saw on Twitter, at Wrestling TWT. I started off with AEW this week, and then I went to NXT right afterwards since I had Wednesday night off. So what were your overall thoughts on both shows? What letter grade do you give to both shows? I'm going to start off with AEW because that was the first show I watched this week, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with a, a solid B-plus for AEW. Uh, I really like the brawl aspect of the Cody Rhodes, uh, Jericho stuff. That stuff was a lot of fun. Watch out for the Dippin' Dots. <laughs> <laughs> the Dippin' Dots have a family, hoodie. And Dippin' Dots are over. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely over. Yeah. <laughs> More than the Dark Order is, but... <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, I, I, I enjoyed that uh, There's aspects of AEW That's been kind of a disconnect for me From how they structured their matches uh, Don't get me wrong As much as a, as a challenge as it was For me to get down every single move In that private party Lucha Brothers match uh, It was really lacking psychology And I think AEW needs to be More clear and direct as far as What the rules are for their tag team matches Because I can't tell one minute if it's a tornado tag team match or this whole excuse that JR is using. Oh, the referee discretion, pal. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) It's just a disconnect for me, and I've never noticed any – anytime they have a tag team match, you never see anybody cut the ring in half. (laughs) Right, right. Well, well, I'll tell you this. I I thought that – between the two, AEW had the better show because they went 100 miles an hour, but I thought NXT stole the night uh, with Prince Devin and Finn Balor. I'll, 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 I'll give you my thoughts on AEW before I go into NXT. So here's what I see. I see AEW going 100 miles an hour. I understand that they're trying to put a product out there so you can't turn the show off. I don't know how often you see this on your Twitter, but you see a lot and you hear a lot of these podcasts and wrestling shows that say, well, damn, I, I can't turn it off because they're going 100 miles an hour from match to match. These are longer matches than we're, than we're used to for television. Um, I just think at some point, AEW's got to have some point to these stories, right? I mean, I mean, you got to have... You gotta have stories to be told, one, but two, you gotta have promos. I think it's a problem on both shows, quite frankly. You gotta have some promos because I need to know you. You just can't give me private party and be like, oh, it's private party. Well, what are they about? Well, I wouldn't know because I haven't seen a vignette at all from them. You know, like right. like like that's the problem. So I understand that I'm not gonna get NWA Dory Funk booking from nineteen eighty four. I I get that. But but at the same time, you do have two hours to play with. You do have time to kind of tell stories and have great action. You actually can do both. Yes. Uh, producing wrestling television is a different beast, you know that as well as I do. Uh, if your show's only going to be matches that I can see at a AAW show or uh, uh, 
pro wrestling guerrilla or any of these other side companies you know we're you're supposed to be producing a television show yeah it's awesome to see these awesome 25 minute barn burners and non-stop action but like you're saying I want to know who the characters are. And the fact that we're two weeks out from full gear and you only have two matches announced for that card, you know, this is the company that's going to do everything that's different than the WWE. You have focus on Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho. And don't get me wrong, I'm interested in the feud and I like what they've been doing so far. But besides John Moxley and Kenny Omega, why should I care about the full gear pay-per-view coming up? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. I, I, you know, I'll say this for both shows. I'll say when I said about AEW, I'll say this for NXT as well. You notice when NXT first came on USA, Josh? Did you notice like, okay, here's a match, here's a match, here's a match, here's a match, here's a match. I'm like, well, you're you're just on USA. You can't assume that those that watch Raw and SmackDown know who Cameron Grimes is. Right. I mean, you can't, you can't like. Here's something fresh that you and I are going to mention that no other show has mentioned. Here's what you you know what we're seeing? We're seeing NXT and AEW produce their shows like it's 1997. Like 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 because you've seen the numbers, right? You're not yeah. fighting for fours and fives. <laughs> you're, you're fighting for a million viewers, right? So because you don't have a ton of you don't have a ton of audience, and this is not about the World Series. No, that's not what it's about. It's baseball. No one, you know, again, it's a regional sport. It's not like the world's watching the World Series. What I'm saying is, is that because the numbers keep going down and you're fighting to try to get over a million viewers, you do have time to tell those stories. It's not like we got to watch every quarter hour to make sure we're winning the quarter hour. You got to make sure you're telling the stories for the long haul. So you're producing television like it's 97 where, where you have all these people that have to watch the show or choose Man, just just produce it for 2019. Why should I be invested in these characters on both sides? I also mentioned this on my podcast this week. It feels like they are trying to get more four or five stars from Dave Meltzer as opposed to four or five in the ratings. Wow, that's strong. (laughs) And that's my takeaway from the first month of what we have through this Wednesday Night War. I don't know how about you. I don't know how you feel about this, but like, I haven't really felt like this is a actual war. Like you see AEW throw arrows every single week, and I don't know if Maranello or anybody's been making indirect shots at AEW. Maybe you could tell me that I'm wrong, but <laughs> it's like I don't feel there's a war. Yeah, there's a sense of urgency in the matches, but. In my opinion, I feel like NXT over the last two weeks have done a better job of, you know, not only making these stars more clear as babyface and heels like Finn Balor the other night, but also at the same time, you know, it's just like you can't have a wrestle and you're just having wrestling matches for wrestling purposes. Like the Young Bucks and the Best Friends this week was a waste of time. (laughs) It was a good match, but why was it there? Uh, Britt Baker, you know, she's like the baby face that they have right now in the women's division for AEW. Like I said, I'm enjoying the action. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to come in here and say I hate everything that AEW is doing. But it's like at times they want to throw shots at WWE, but also forgetting that they have to build up other characters instead of bringing up things that are behind the fourth wall. Hello, CM Punk. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, okay. So let's address that because you said this on Twitter, and I was and I was perplexed by it. So I want you to. Our new segment is called Josh. Explain your tweets. So, so you, so 
here here's the disconnect I had with your tweet. So so you're so yes, we are seeing NX uh, AEW do this. We're not, but we are. We also are seeing this from the WWE as well. Like, why did Seth Rollins say that about Kenny Omega in that fan fest? Why? Why did he say AEW is in the minor leagues? AEW is not minor league. It's on TNT. It's not minor league. Actually, if you have if you have an hour or two on cable television, cable and satellite TV, you're not minor league at all. Correct. So I don't. So that's a shot there. Why did Triple H say what he said at the at the uh, Hall of Fame about AEW being a piss ad company? Why did he do that? Why did Why did Triple H even decide to go against AEW? I mean, to me, we're getting it on both uh, both sides. Now you're you're getting it on air on the actual shows from AEW, but it's not to say that WWE is not noticing and mentioning AEW. Like Sami Zayn, why why even mention AEW on Raw? So it's it's a thing. It's you're right. It's not a war, but but you can't tell me that AEW is the only one that's slinging the arrows because the WWE is doing their share as well. I'll take this from my idol and the guy that got me hooked into professional wrestling, Jim Ross. All right, I'm gonna pick his side on this story. It's just wasted energy. It's stupid on both sides. I'm not gonna put what Seth Rollins said to the side just because, oh, he's from the WWE. But his comments were just as dumb as the one that Jericho made a couple weeks ago about the We, we the People chant. Hey, Jericho, if people didn't care about the chant, why are they still chanting for it? Yeah, like, yeah. It goes both ways. Why did the Young Bucks or the Elite have a live announcement of their company in Jacksonville the same day that SmackDown had a taping in that same city? Why <laughs> Why does, uh, like you said, mention the concert Triple H and Seth Rollins? It, it goes both ways. I think it's wasted energy. Build an identity first before you want to take shots at the WWE. And also, if you're the WWE, you're given AEW more publicity by mentioning them in interviews. They're punching, like, yeah. NXT's punching down in that regard. Yeah. So, again, I'm not making this out to be, oh, WWE's not making shots at AEW. It goes both ways. I just think it's pointless, and it doesn't help either company. Yeah, that's fair. No, it's, it's absolutely fair. I just, I just, I want to make sure it's clear from my standpoint. I'm seeing it both. Like, like I, I'll, AEW, I know this was at StarCast, but just the idea that Cody Rhodes talks about how the WWE's international UK television sucks but then you can't get your UK stuff together when you start AEW. You can't. It's like you like 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 to me. It's the Cola Wars of the eighties. It really is Pepsi versus Coke. Um, but but here's the thing: because it's twenty nineteen, as CM Punk says, you know, you don't have to choose. You can watch both and support both. And I totally agree with that. Just like Randy Orton and the uh, and Randy Orton's going to support both. Eventually right. in 2020, <laughs> because him and the revival are coming. Apparently, <laughs> that would be interesting, right? You saw that, right? What'd you think of that? You know, uh, where smoke is fired, right? Uh, there's been a constant conversation about Randy Orton's contract coming to an end uh, later on in the early stages of next year. So, would I be shocked if Randy Orton made that decision? No, and I wouldn't be opposed to it because maybe a change of scenery would be good for Randy Orton in this stage of his career. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. All right, my friend. Let's uh, review both shows. Uh, you want to start with NXT? Yes. 
Okay, NXT. So I'm a huge Rhea Ripley fan. Um, and I let me just let me kill, kill a sacred cow. You know, okay. I, 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 you know what, Josh, you're gonna have to help me. I don't get Bianca Belair. I don't get it. What am I missing? I don't get her either. <laughs> Are you serious, guy? Don't say it because I, I, I mean, like, no. I just, I don't get it. I don't. I really don't. The reason I don't get it is because one week she likes to play to the crowd, and then the next week she's like, it's all about me. I'm flipping my, uh, my ponytail. You know, she's doing the dance and everything. Like one second where she's trying to get the the fans behind her when she's getting ready to fight Shayna Baszler, and then the next sec, the next week she's all about herself. It's it, it's it's an odd dynamic. I enjoy watching her in the ring. She's a very talented performer, but I don't know whether she's a heel or a babyface. That's that gray area we were talking about a couple weeks ago. See, that's what I, yeah. So Rhea Ripley is a babyface kind of on NXT UK. Was she supposed to be a heel here? I can't tell. Is she a babyface in NXT? I think for right now in NXT she's a babyface, and also she uh, in NXT UK a couple weeks ago. I think she turned babyface by helping out Piper Niven. Yeah. Okay. So and Bianca Belair, like like you said, like I, I she she's so shades of gray. She should be on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't for get like, it. But because <laughs> because I'm a Rhea Ripley mark, I love that match. So I'm a big fan of hers. Um, and she's only like 22, 23. My God, what is she, when she gets 30, her size, her look is so different. And I love when you're different than everybody else. I love that. So I look forward to her in the future. Um, uh, so, so Cameron Grimes didn't get a, a 10 second match this time. He actually had to wrestle, um, against Matt Riddle. Really good match. Yeah, really good back and forth match. I loved Cameron Grimes when he was in TNA mm-hmm. uh, a few years back, and Matt Riddle gets better every single week that I see him perform. Um, he doesn't do a lot of promos, and maybe that's a good thing for uh, FCC Airways. I, I'm not sure how that's going to go, <laughs> but uh, I really enjoyed the match. It was very entertaining and uh, a good showcase match for both guys. I don't think anybody was harmed from the result. Um, by the way, I said this on Twitter, and I will tell you this on this podcast, sir. There is there is no money in Goldberg Riddle for me. There's no money in it, and especially because uh, we saw the jackhammer. The reason why I bring it up because Riddle gave a jackhammer a near fall in that match against Cameron right. Grimes. I, I'm just telling you, like, if if Goldberg and Riddle is not going to be a match on WrestleMania, if Riddle doesn't go over, we riot. <laughs> you know that that interaction is nothing more than a Royal Rumble exchange. Like these guys getting each other's grill during a Royal Rumble match. That's it. That's not a WrestleMania match. It's not a SummerSlam match. Uh, it's not even a match I want to play in a WWE video game, which is not <laughs> a lot of reviews right now either. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, like if if they ever have any like physical confrontation, it would be in a Royal Rumble match. Um, the, the six man with the forgotten sons, better known as the dark order in the AEW, uh, against, (laughs) against (laughs) Swerve Scott and Breezango. I said this on Twitter as well. I don't, 
why why can't Tyler Breeze and Fandango just be Tyler Breeze and Fandango? Why do I have to do I have to bring the the you know dark match WWE gimmick to NXT? I don't like that. And and Swerve I saw in um I saw him in MLW, so I already know that he he's very good. So he's I think that's a budding star. And then of course uh, Dark Order. I mean the Forgotten Sons were also in the match. I saw Swerve Scott in Lucha Underground when he was kill shot. That dude's got his ceiling is very high. Uh, I've been a bit big advocate for two two hundred five live, but I know a lot of people don't put it over. Uh, as far as the show's concerned, and um, I when you look at what's going on for two hundred five live, they dishing out good stars, and the reason why they're giving them time every single week with their matches, but also promos too. Look at a guy like Buddy Murphy. Over the last couple of years, Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali, like you care about those guys because you saw them actually get time in that brand. So I think uh, in a couple months, maybe I, I see Scott would either stand out in NXT or 205 Live. That's just my idea. I'll go through to the main event of NXT North America champion Roderick Strong taking on Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. Um, so it was, it was gr- really good, Josh, to see Keith Lee and and uh, Dijak do their match around Roderick Strong. Very good. Yeah, that, that match was insane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I mean by that, right? Because we've seen Lee and, and Dijak go back and forth and have high spot after high spot and all these big power moves. And just Roderick Strong happened to be there as well for that match. He's a very good uh, spot picker. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. What would you think? I, I I really enjoyed the match. Uh, just the timing when Roger Sean did get involved in the match, it made sense. Uh, the final like like back and forth exchange that Keith Lee and Di, uh, Dijakovic had before the finish was awesome. Uh, of course, maybe the result was predictable that Roddy wasn't going to lose there, but I really enjoyed that match. That was awesome. Yeah, I mean, you lo- love these two big guys with the big spots. I just... Man, I was fearful for for both guys, for Keith Lee and for Dijak. They know what they're doing, but it looks dangerous when you see two big guys on a, on the ropes like that, right? Yeah. Here, here's my thing off topic when it comes to NXT. I don't know if I have more knowledge of wrestling moon days as Mauro Ronaldo does for hip-hop references. Yeah. So, this, <laughs> so, so there's that. <laughs> yeah and by the way some of those don't hit very well some of those are just like oh wow that's that's not good at all i'm, th- I'm thinking he's got like 10 yellow pads filled of lines he wants to use and while he's doing that he is um taken away from two solid color people in that in that in that booth i mean does he does realize he has two other partners there right right and how great is nigel mcginnis oh he's just tremendous he's tremendous i wish he could talk more on that show That'd be nice. I agree. <laughs> you know, I agree. <laughs> so, so, that's why he's so happy on NXT UK. He can actually fucking talk. That's the thing you love. He, <laughs> he can he can actually talk on that show with Tom Phillips. But anyway, so just the just the ending after that match, and then to see Finn Balor come out and to the to the dark side. So good to see um, Finn Balor the way we know him as Prince Devitt. Um, that that came out of nowhere, didn't it? I mean that that big time kick. I mean, that was something. It was at the right time where NXT is actually in the coming weeks going to start building up for this War Games show. 
And I think that's why I enjoyed NXT this week more than AEW. That like cliffhanger thing of why did he turn on Johnny Gargano? Uh, I think uh, they said Finn Balor is going to be on WWE backstage tonight. Uh, maybe he won't say anything. We'll have to wait to see what his reasons behind that turn is. But I, I loved it. It was an awesome ending. Uh, you know, you have the John Moxley uh, Pac draw. Yeah, that was okay. Like, maybe you're, I want to get your thoughts on this. Would you rather have John Moxley and Pac in the main event, or that brawl with Cody and Chris Jericho in their in their squads? Well, uh, well, okay. As we transition to to uh, AEW, okay. So remember who you're talking to. This is you're talking to a very old person here um, that's been watching wrestling so for a long time. So you know I've seen that finish before, right? Yes. Okay, so I, you know I've seen that finish of one fall, and I, I tweeted it out and people didn't get it, but it's like one fall or curfew, right? That's the, yeah. old, that's the old Madison Square Garden. Go to the WWE Network and see a lot of those one fall or curfew, meaning time limit, you know, to the time limit, to the TV time. Okay. So, so, so I'm watching the match. It's, 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 you know, it's what I expect, you know, back and forth between these two. Um, there's not going to be a ton of wrestling. It's going to be a fight. Cool. So, here's what you don't. Here's the tell. If you don't hear, uh, if you don't hear the ring announcer giving the five minutes and ten minutes as far as time limit on other matches, then why do you do it in the main event? Oh, because it's going to be a draw. And I knew that as soon as um, who's the ring announcer? Justin Roberts. Yeah, Justin Roberts. Okay. So when Justin Roberts is giving the time limit, Josh, I'm like, okay. So this this is going to go the time. But here's the thing. I don't mind the I didn't mind the finish, but you got to do something else at the end. You can't end that way. You have to end by it's a pull apart between the two. They want to kill each other, you know, it, it's just a whole bunch of wrestlers trying to separate the two. Some kind of action to say, "Okay, we got to go." That that kind of thing. Instead of Moxley saying the same thing like he's in a WWE ring, "I can't believe this. I can't believe that, you know, all that." DDT to the referee, but that's not the high spot. The the high spot is him just being mad at the draw. And it's like, you can't be mad at the ref. It's a time limit draw. So I didn't mind the the finish, but you had to do something at the end to be like, oh, I can't, oh, no, what's what's happening here? And then go off the air. It went off the air flat, and that's what I didn't like. Yeah, it was ill time. You can't say we had TV time remain then have 90 seconds left to have, uh, my bad, Moxley stand there like an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) And And here's the thing now. You have John. Mo- we were building up for this John Moxley Kenny Omega feud. Should Pac be involved in this now? Since this match ended in a time limit draw, would it be a three way now? Since wins and losses are supposed to matter, like I know there's not a title attached to this feud with Kenny Omega and John Moxley, but what's in it for Pac now? Well, right. It's <laughs> a, a great. It's a great point. It's <laughs> a great point. I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. I. I would like them as a, in a three-way dance. I got no problem with that. That match would be... It would be hard to catch up with that match move-wise, but that would be a lot of fun. Just don't put it on TV. Put it on your main... Put it on a pay-per-view. Just don't put... I mean, we got... The matches are long enough on AEW. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> don't put it on AEW Dark. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly, exactly. And by the way, thank you for ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. I can actually catch up on AEW Dark. I will tell you, don't tell anybody else. Josh, I have not watched that show. Oh, really? But I, but I got your website, so I, I feel like I've watched it. 
That's good. That's the point of the websites. It's supposed to be a point of reference. I don't know how I'm able to knock out those shows off when I can. Like, it, it, it's not easy. I'm trying my best. There's like nine wrestling shows a week now. Yeah. And it's absolutely insane. <laughs> well, oh, well, let me ask you this. Did you like the finish of the main event or did you have a problem with it? For AEW? Yeah. I just I didn't know why that match was happening in the first place, you know. <laughs> yeah. I know they were like pushing and shoving each other in that tag match last week, but again, I first off it was the that was the wrong main event. It was the wrong way to close that show. It should have been Cody Rhodes and Jericho with that bra in the concourse end the show because you have chaos. It's having high energy to close the show. <laughs> So yeah. man, I just think it was bad booking and placement in that in that part of that show. Of course, I would have loved to see John Moxley and Pac, but you're having an indecisive finish. You have Moxley standing there and looking foolish because he doesn't know what's going on, and then you have a wasted spot with a referee. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now, as as we record this, I'm sure you saw this too. AEW is going to have a replay. That's a, I didn't expect that. They're going to have a replay of Dynamite, but it's going to be things that you hadn't seen on television. So maybe there was something after the light, the cameras went off that there's going to be extra yeah. stuff. Is that is that I got to look at my TV. I don't know if that's an hour or two hours. If anything, they'll probably tie up some loose ends, right? Yeah, that, but but here's the thing. You didn't promote that on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was just nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, unless you are connected to the webs to their Twitter or their website, how do you know that there's a replay tonight? So, yeah, yeah, that's strange. It's, it's very impact wrestling of them. Um, oh boy. So, so, uh, young bucks and best friends. You didn't. Uh, that was. It's fine. You know, I didn't. It's what it's what I expect from the young bucks. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the match for what it was. It's just there was no purpose behind it. It's just a regular TV match, so it didn't blow me away or anything like that. Um, I'm interested by the reactions that Orange Cassidy gets because he's like one of those characters like Marco Stunt that kind of gets debates on social media whether he should be uh, taken seriously as a performer or not. But, hey, if the people are reacting, it should be a good thing, right? Absolutely. I want to ask you about Marco Stunt in a minute. Um Kenny Omega against Joey Janela. It's a good. It's a good match. It was a good TV match for Kenny Omega. Um, right. You could tell Omega's making Janela. And, and here's the thing: I got to remember Cactus Jack, right? When he first started, and I remember Cactus Jack at World Class. And so it was kind of like Janela in that he could, like Cactus could wrestle, but also will give you that high spot uh, outside the ring. Joey was doing some matches, some some wrestling, but of course he's got to be able to slip into that. You know, into that um, the, those crazy moves on the outside. So I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying that Janela is Cactus Jack, but I thought that this match reminded me of like a young Cactus Jack who can wrestle and also do some crazy stuff outside. That's not a bad comparison at all. And when it comes to like um, Cactus Jack and Mick Foley, that's one of the reasons why I compare uh, Bray Wyatt to him when uh, Mankind first showed up in the WWF in the mid '90s. And he's having the uh, character traits, and he's uh, having different personalities, and he couldn't trust himself. He would lose a lot of programs and matches and this and that. Like, I, I could totally see that comparison from when Cactus Jack was originally out, like you said, world-class championship wrestling. And um, 
was it still NWA when Cactus was there, or was it, did they made the, they made that transition to WCW? What what he you mean when he took on um, Mil Mascaris or what? Yes, all oh, the Clash of Champions, all mm-hmm. uh, oh, the Clash of Champions in Corpus Christi. That was um, I think that was early WCW. Okay. Yes, that's what it was. I think Turner had just. Yeah, I think that was like 1990 when that happened. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. If people don't don't know what we're talking about, you go to WWE Network and you can see that matchup, like uh, Cactus Jack against Mil Mascaris. No, no Yob, no Yob from no, uh, <laughs> no, no Yob, no, no. Mil Mascaris is not going to job for anybody. Um, and so that was that crazy move that kind of made Cactus on a national level. Absolutely. Um. The so I could tie I could tie these two tag team matches together, okay. So I'm old school, but also new school. Old school in this, never ever have two tag team matches together back to back. That's bullshit. You don't do that, right, Josh? That surprised don't me. Don't do that. No, you don't. Do, well, you don't do it. You don't have back to back tag team matches, especially when one is better than the other. So so, yeah. uh, okay. So. You are right. As a, a a wrestling traditionalist, the Lucha Brothers and Private Party did not make sense. But I understand why they had the match because it was just flying all over the place. No tag team strategy. If you loved um, Hundred Miles an Hour, you love this match. And I just like I liked it for the action and just kind of suspending disbelief, knowing that I'm not going to get Midnight versus Rock and Roll Express. Right, I, I I enjoyed the match. Don't get me wrong; there's just some things like psychology wise that turn me off in ways, and I think the cool part of how they started the show is the fact that they didn't have the entrance. Like, oh hey, here's these hackings in the ring, and like, oh crap, you know, Sid's about to get on, right? Right. So I like that from uh, Private Party and Butcher Brothers. It was an awesome match. I love watching Pentagon and Phoenix. I saw them wrestle in Butcher Underground, and they're an awesome tag team. I think Pentagon down the road will be a, a major single star for uh, AEW. Uh, Phoenix too. Uh, I should I should give him credit too. He's no he's no slouch, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was it was a good match. And here's the thing: when you have the two matches back to back, first off, you're having the matches go back to back with pay-per-view time links. <laughs> I know. Like, these are matches would have like 20 minutes on a regular pay-per-view. You can't do that with television. And nobody wants to see a 20 minute dark order match on television. No. And you know what? That's something that again, with training and understanding, that's what you got to look at. I understand. Look, keep in mind, I understand AEW's rosters thin. That's why we keep yes. seeing. That's why we keep seeing best friends. So I understand it's it's thin, but at the same time, so if you shorten those matches, now I got time for promos. You know, now you got promo time. You know, so so instead of having twenty minute matches on TV, give me ten. Give me your best ten match. I I'll give you another example. The to see Britt Baker, and I, it's great to see Britt Baker out there. How how she didn't go for the women's championship in her hometown of Pittsburgh against Lil Rio. That's I don't understand that. Jamie Hader, yeah. Jamie Hader, I want to see again, but that match was too long too. It's in her hometown. Beat beat Hader in five minutes. Yeah, that should have been the squash match. Yeah, well, uh, where's Allie? By the way, good question. Do you know? 
I, I don't know. She left uh, Impact Wrestling and she was doing pretty good there. Now she's not even on the show. She's not even on AEW Dark. Uh, and that's bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's they must be hiding her in the back. Maybe she, she's she's in the back somewhere. But I, I just, you're right. The matches can be shorter, and and you could do more things than just throw it out. But but here's, I'll just say this about AEW, Josh. It it's it's sped up their their uh, business practices. Their production is sped up, and here's what I mean. Okay. It's, instead of being on YouTube or Daily Motion or whatever, right? Oh God. You know you know what I'm saying. Like instead of being online and being able to work out the kinks. They're working at the kinks in real time on TNT. This is why this is why you can pick it apart because if it was like an, say it was it was like NWA Power and you're like ah you know there's some things they can work on okay fine until they get ready for television. Well, this is reverse. Now they're on national television. They're on TNT working at the kinks uh, in real time, and so there's going to be some work to do. That's for sure. What did you think about the NWO style cut in that the uh, Inner Circle made during that tag team match? Well, that didn't. Well, I tell you what, that didn't help SCU at all. No. <laughs> you know that that didn't help. That you didn't. Yeah, that I wasn't necessary because now the crowd's looking at them for six, seven minutes, taken away from the show. So whatever tag happened, every every tag was cold. Every tag was cold. Nobody, the people lost interest in the match when they came to ringside, and I thought. That was kind of weird because you could have done that during the break. You could have done that um, coming into a segment. That did no favors for SCU. Yeah, and here's the thing. When um, I was looking at that match, first off, it was too long. And the worst thing you want is the crowd to turn their back during a wrestling match. Right. You see that happen a lot during Monday Night Raws too, you know? Right. (laughs) Um, And... Here's the thing, like, I, I think they did that before with Sting when he'd be, like, hanging out in the rafters or different parts of the arena in WCW. It, I don't know, it's just one of those things in wrestling television that I never understood or why, what's the point behind it. And, again, you're trying to get SE over, SEU over as baby faces in this match, but your focus are on the heels going to a press box. Yeah. yeah. And, and a tournament match, too. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It, like, I, I love. Uh, here's here's what we do know about AEW: Cody Rhodes and J- and Chris Jericho are over. <clears throat> we know that. Yep. I mean, big time, <laughs> big time. And so, hopefully, that match will work out uh, at full gear. Uh, that's because they're building something. That's for sure. I can. What Cody did is something I can see Dusty do, like in '86. To Ric Flair or to, to or Tully Blanchard or whatever. It was just, I could see, it was very old school, but also new school. I, I enjoyed that. And in the battle, man, that was that was some great television. Really well done. And the, the thing that Bully Ray mentioned on Busted Open is so true. The camera work was not pristine. It was not WWE where you had five cameras set up and you're switching shots. It was like, it was very ECW-ish. Where the camera was all over the place and those guys are in the dipping dots. It was real, it was fun. Man, I I, I, I got to give Dustin Rose credit, man. I don't know how old he is, but that dude is ripped. 50. And he can still go. He's 50 years old. Man, he, I'm, I'm happy for him, by the way. You know, he looks like he's happy and he wants to be there. Um, yeah. 
it, it by the way when speaking of like gray area things i've been i've been thinking about this over the last couple weeks like NGF, like we know he's best friends with Cody Rhodes and he's supposed to be like the main bad guy in this show. Is this eventually leading to him turning on Cody and we just have to wait for that? Or we have to play this gray area thing with MGF where, okay, he's going to be an asshole to everybody else, but Cody Rhodes is going to be like the favorite best friend, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to happen. It's, it's, a, it's a great tease because they're not giving you what the audience wants now. Right. People know it's hap- It's going to happen. I mean, he comes out, DDP comes out, and he does the diamond cutter upside down. You saw that, right? Did you notice that? <laughs> it's like, what an asshole. Like, 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 and, so, and so you know it's coming, but the tease is great because it, you have to watch to find out when it's going to happen. Right. So I, I like that. I, it's very unique in today's wrestling landscape. Um, you you had some thoughts uh, on Twitter uh, at the Hoots podcast about Marco's stunt. What do you think of the conversation about Marco's stunt and whether or not he should be on main television for AEW? I'm not. I'm not opposed to. I'm not one of those wrestling fans who are like, oh, you have to be six five and jacked and you know, like the cliche stereotype of wrestlers. I'm not that type of fan. Um. And the only issue I ever had with Marcus Stunt as a performer is that floss stance. I'm just not a fan of that pants. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. He's like a big like spark of controversy. And when you're having him in a match, like a 20-minute match they had a couple weeks ago with the Lucha Brothers, and he's kicking out major finishes from Pentagon, who you want as one of your main event superstars, I can understand the backlash behind that because that kind of takes away from the believability of what AEW is supposed to be. Like, this is different standards than WWE. They're sports entertainment. Well, that's what they want to call themselves. But AEW is supposed to be the serious pro wrestling show and, like, MMA-like pro wrestling show. We always heard that a thousand times from Tony Khan, right? Like, when you have guys like Marco Stunt... <laughs> you're you're reaching edgy waters. <laughs> it's a mixed message. I I think there's a place in wrestling for Marco Stunt, but it's not AEW. Like Marco Stunt would work in the NWA or other promotions around the world. Uh, I think he's a good performer. It's, uh, besides my fans with the floss dance, but <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, I, well, well, I what I said it was it last week. I can't remember now, but I think I might have said this last week. I don't mind Marco Stunt being AEW, especially as part of that that three man with Luchasaurus and with um, with Jungle Boy, but he has to come in at in spots. He can't be he can't be on, on a tag team in a tag team match with one of the greatest tag teams in the world, not just in AEW in the world in the Lucha Brothers, and go step for step with them. No, 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 that can't happen. No. I don't mind him being there because in, in certain spots where he's doing like uh, a spot you don't expect, a drop kick, something like that, but but not as far as someone that's on the same level as the other stars. Because this is not Rey Mysterio. This is this is not this is not what this is. This is a guy here that can do some moves, but it more or less is a second, as they used to say back in the day, a manager of some sort. But the idea he's taking on these guys. 
that's that, that's a disconnect for me. Absolutely. Um, but he does have a spot for it. And no, he can't be in the NWA because Jim Cornette would have a heart attack. <laughs> hey, Colt Cabana's working there. Uh, that, that's amazing. He's allowed, he, he's staying there with Colt there. Like, oh boy. <laughs> Man. But you know what? It's not. You know what? His criticism of Colt is not as bad as others. It's like, it's like what I think I've said and others. Dude, you can be serious and be a great and be great at it. You don't have to be Jimmy Valiant and Rufus R. Jones wrapped up in one. You don't have to oh. be. You don't have to do that. You could just. You know how how I know that? I've seen him when he won the um, uh, what, what the NWA secondary titles. What is that? The United States title. The North American. The what? What is it? International. Yeah. Well, whatever the the secondary title is, he won. I saw him beat uh, win that match in North Carolina for the NWA pay per view, and he he didn't do any of that stuff. He just wrestled. Right. So <laughs> so he can do it. He just it's a choice though. He just wants to be an entertainer, and that's that's fine. But it, but I don't think all the time. Yeah, and Marco's son is not Spike Dudley. That's true. Or Crash Holly. You're right. You're right. No, you're right about that. Yep, Josh, you're right. You're 100 right about it. I, I, but I do believe he has a spot as someone that can do a few things in the ring, but not go face to face, head up against you know Orange Cassidy or Moxley or Pac or you know or, or Joey Janela or Omega. That's what I mean. Yeah, and here's a good example. It would be like Drake Maverick having a 30-minute barn burner with Walter. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> that, that would like like I know Drake Maverick's got fire. We know he could do that, but when we just know on you know, it's not realistic, right? Yeah. <laughs> um so uh by the way, you know I you know how much I love NXT UK, right? I love and I, I I had a day off yesterday um, during the day before I started getting, getting doing work at night. But I early in the day, I did some binge watching on NXT UK. So I caught up with it, man. I know you're talking about this on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com, Josh. Man, it, it that show, you can't say a wrestling show is flawless, but you can sure say you enjoy the action from start to finish. What was the old Triple H uh, expression? That damn good. Yeah. That's how how I feel about NXT UK. It's my favorite show of the week besides NWA Power right now. Uh, It's just awesome. I I think Tom Phillips being added to the commentary team has been a nice addition. He hasn't, like, taken away from the broadcast, in my opinion. Uh, Just the, the look of the show, the ring, the crowds are amazing, especially in the England. Of course, you're going to get great wrestling crowds. Uh, you get you got to find baby faces and heels on that roster. Uh, I can't say a, a, enough good things about the Grizzled Young Veterans. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're awesome. I think they're my favorite tag team right now. And then, you know, how they started off the show with Imperium and Gallus having that promo off. I like that. Uh, I, I like what they're doing so far with NXT UK and the sky's the limit for that brand. Is Gallus baby faces now or is it just, as they say, gang warfare where like you see a bunch of heels just hating on one another, Imperium versus Gallus? No, it, it, it's gang warfare. I love it. Warfare. I, I love that show. 
And by the way, even though you want to date her, I'm just the only person I'm not a big fan of is Zaya Brookside. I think that they are ramming her down our throats, and I don't oh. think I don't think she can wrestle. How about that? <laughs> Where's Killer Kelly at? That's my girl. Well, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree with you there, sir. <laughs> I agree with your thoughts there. But you so but I know I know you like Zaya Brookside. I do not. I think that it's it's because she's second generation. I don't when I see her in the ring, I I see candy floss. Oh boy. Candy floss? Is that is that wrong or no? No, I, I, her ring gear definitely resembles Candy Floss. I'll give you that, but uh, I, I I see a little bit of page in her from a wrestling ability. That's why I like her. Uh, with her have the family lineage, I think it could only help as the years go by. Obviously, she's still young. Her future is still bright. But uh, I, I wouldn't say her character is perfect right now or anything like that. But I do enjoy watching her perform. It's one of those things, like, as a wrestling fan, when I was younger, I saw the rise of John Cena and Randy Orton when they first started, you know? It's like one of those type of things. It's the it's the only I don't it's not even a problem I just when I see her I don't believe that she can do much, but you're right she is young you're right I think was she 22? twenty two, twenty yeah she just turned twenty two yeah so yeah so I get it I just I I just see what I, you know what I see when I watch NXT UK I see a bunch of young grizzled veterans <laughs> everybody <Yeah. laughs> I, how about this how about this for how about this for a how about Noam Dar in twenty twenty wins a major championship? I wouldn't be opposed to that. That that dude's a real heel. God, he's really good. And here's the thing with NEC UK: you could have a program like Jordan Devlin and Dave Massive, and not think that's going to be an absolute squash match. That's true. That's true. Um. I put this on Twitter. You got to do some investigating for me. I know, as if you don't do enough, but you got to do some investigating for me. All right, Josh, who, who, okay. who has an NXT UK podcast? Not that I know. Of. I, I talk about it on my show. If you want to check out the news podcast, I put over NXT UK. I understand, but you don't have an accent. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have a UK accent. Full disclosure, I'm half Puerto Rican, half Italian with, from Chicago, okay? <laughs> I have enough accents as it is. <laughs> you don't have a UK accent. I want to know somebody that's listening over. If you're listening in the UK, make sure you hit us up at the Hoots Podcast and at Wrestling TWT. We want to hear your thoughts and how they perceive it in the UK. It's one thing for two of us schmoes here in Chicago, how we love the, pro- the product, but we want to know... We want to know over there in England, and in and in Wales what they think of the product because I, I and they get enough of it too by the way because here's here's I'll, I'll close with this it's interesting Josh how these how a lot of these guys on the roster for NXT UK are able to wrestle on these other independents in the UK right they're still in progress right progress OTT. Wow. Um, and and James Drake, James Drake uh, owns a wrestling company. Uh, I think he owns it with Zach Gibson. They own a company together. So I, so I that's. Think Walter, I think Walter has his own training school too. Actually, I think that's right. 
Yeah, uh, FSW Wrestling UK. They own they own FSW Fighting Spirit. I think Triple H and William Ringle deserve a lot of praise with how they structured that entire brand, and they got their own performance center out there right now too. So they're they're doing amazing stuff out there in the UK. All right, my friend, tell me about uh, the Hoots podcast. What's on it this week? Okay, the Hoots podcast. I I mentioned my concerns as far as the first month of the Wednesday night wars concerned, and why I feel like it hasn't been like an actual war. Uh, I talked about uh, CM Punk's recent interviews and uh, him saying that AEW should stop constantly talking about WWE on their shows. I thought it was an interesting topic. And then I really dove into uh, NWA Power and how awesome that brand is. Uh, and I, I see you on Twitter, hoodie. It's a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> I just want. And also, also got to talk about Crown Royal and uh... <laughs> Crown Royal. <laughs> the Crown Royal, yes, that'd be a better program. Yes, yes. Oh, uh, by the way, by the way, you're gonna have to watch that for me. I'm not watching Crown Jewel. I got you. You're gonna, I got you. You're going to have to watch. I'm going to have to read your thoughts on pro wrestling transcriptions. I will not watch a minute of that show. N- not a minute. Cause I will. I, first of all, I don't have the time. We're getting close to basketball season for me, so I'm going to be in practice. So when I, next time we talk, you have to run that down for me because I, no, I will not watch a minute of that program at all. You're talking to a straight-edge guy transcribing Crown Royal on Halloween next week. <laughs> Crown Royal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, that there you have it, everybody. A review of Crown Royal with Josh Lopez coming up. <laughs> a big bottle of it apparently happening in Jeddah, in Jeddah, South Carolina, I believe it's going to be, um, uh, on the WWE Network. Jeddah, South Carolina is going to be a great spot for uh, Crown Royal. All and right. They got a, they got a, a watch along show in Tupelo, Mississippi. <laughs> you, I will. And by the way, can, do you know the television of this? It, will NXT UK be moved? Will it still be, come on at the usual time on t- on Thursdays? Thursday? Well, for, for this week's uh, my bad. Next week's NXT UK will start at ten Chicago time, which will be eleven out on the East Coast. Okay, so much earlier into uh, the Crown Jewel pay per view. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> all right. Try working it up. I won't. I won't be watching. So you'll have to tell. Next time we talk, we'll talk about that. And don't forget, Josh. You can find him at the Hoots Podcast, and definitely uh, go to the website prowrestlingtranscriptions.com. dot com. As always, my friend, I appreciate it. Uh, and by the way, for those of you listening for our uh, next Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, Low Key will be on the program. Low Key will talk about uh, MLW coming to Chicago for this MLW's first pay-per-view event at the Cicero Stadium. We'll talk to Low Key coming up uh, next Tuesday. All right, my friend. Good stuff. Thank you, Hoodie, as always. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. We'll talk to you on the 29th with another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here. Tell people, Jonathan is talking wrestling, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday now, twice a week. Thanks for listening.